Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 901 of the Juicebox podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Today on the podcast, I'll be speaking with Amanda. She is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes, and I love the title of this episode. While you're listening to our conversation today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes and are a U.S. resident, or are the caregiver of someone with type 1, completing the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox is incredibly valuable. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Maybe take you 10 minutes to complete the survey. You're going to help diabetes research, type 1 diabetes research, to move forward. Simple questions, simple answers, HIPAA compliant, absolutely anonymous, It will only take you 10 minutes. I think you're basically just sitting on your sofa right now anyway. Touched by type1.org. Do me a favor, please complete the survey. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Cozy Earth. You can get the most comfortable and delightful sheets towels, joggers, and more at CozyEarth.com. And when you use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout, you will in fact save 35% on your entire order. CozyEarth.com, JUICEBOX at checkout, you're all done. The podcast is also sponsored today by Dexcom. Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G7 and G6 continuous glucose monitoring systems. My daughter just got her first delivery of the G7 and is about to embark on her new journey with her smaller, lighter, very accurate continuous glucose monitor from Dexcom. You can too. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. So I'm Amanda and I live in the east coast of Canada and I have a son, Boyd, who was diagnosed July 9th last year. Okay, so let me make sure I understand. Boyd is... How old? Nine? Yes. So he, he was just about to turn eight when he was diagnosed. Okay. year and a month ago, 13 months ago, you already said a boot. So that's great. You don't know you did it, but I appreciate your about. <laughs> it was very Canadian. Um, and uh, we're well on our way. Okay. So you have a lot to talk about, I think. I have a, yeah, very lengthy story. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to start with your story or do you want to talk for a little bit and get to your story? Uh, Whichever, wherever you want me to start. Interesting. Okay. Well, let me uh, make sure I understand the backing of uh, the story. So any other kids? Yeah, I have a daughter, Nora, and she just turned 14. Okay. Married? Not married? Married. My husband, Ryan. Ryan. Okay. Daughter's 14. Any other autoimmune stuff? Oh, yeah, we have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Any with the kids? Uh, no, um, this is the first with the kids, but I've battled with uh, different things since I was probably 15 years old. Okay, how old are you now? I am 42. 42. All right. What was your first thing? Well, when I was about 
15, I started with joint pain um, and it just got worse and worse. And they diagnosed me with um, juvenile arthritis. Okay. Um, and I was medicated for that and it was pretty bad. Um, I had to stop school for a semester and we did get it into remission and I didn't really have a lot of problems until I had Nora, my daughter. And then it was about a year after I had her that I had started having symptoms and stuff again. So the joint pain came back after you gave birth? Yeah. And they say that that can happen with rheumatoid arthritis, um, that it causes like a flare up after you have children. So um, I did go back to my doctor then because I wasn't on any medication or anything for years. And it did take them a while to get me in. And eventually I did get into a rheumatologist again and they started me on Plaquenil is what um, you take I now. was taking. Oh, you were yeah. taking after her birth. Can, can I yeah. ask, back when you were a kid, what did they give you? It was the same thing, Plaquenil, and then just uh, pay, like went away and then I stopped taking the medication. I was good through my 20s and stuff. Okay. So you took the, I'm sorry, I think you might have like blipped out for a second. So you took the Plaquenil as a kid for how long? Uh, it was probably about maybe a year or so. And then you stopped taking it because the pain disappeared? Yeah. I just, I thought, I first tried to go off it and and it did come back. And so I stayed on it for, I, I can't even remember how much longer. And then went off it again months later, maybe. And then it didn't bother me again, like in my 20s at all, really. Okay. And is that your diagnosis, RA? Um, they did. When I went back to the doctor, they did um, more testing. I didn't have a lot of, they've always told me I don't have a lot of inflammation markers. But I did test positive for anti-CCP, which is a big marker for rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what they diagnosed me with. And then it did go on to like chronic fatigue. And I also got a diagnosis of fibromyalgia as well. It, are those, is that the, um, the full host of your issues or is there more? Uh, well, ADHD and anxiety, a little bit of that as well. So. Okay. So, and then hold on, I let did, me make a list now. I mean, ADHD, I'm going to get out of my, I'm going to anxiety, RA, <laughs> fibro, and you said something else, uh, fatigue. Okay. Chronic fatigue. Yep. Now, when, after I had, I did get in pretty good health before I had my son. So there's five years between the two of them. And I was off all medication, had my son, and then it started up within a few months. I started having joint pain again. Mm -hmm. And until he was probably, I think it was about three, like I had a lot of pain issues and back and headaches and stuff. And I ended up, after I had my son, mm -hmm. I started with a lot of pain and stuff again um, within a couple of months. And it just 
got worse and worse until he was about three and I had a lot of back pain and headaches and like pain down my legs and joint pain. And I, my mom was talking to somebody, a relative who had Lyme disease and she thought, oh, wow, this sounds a lot of like Amanda. So she had told me about it. And then I got in touch with like our local support group and they put me in touch with a doctor in Maine and he had blood work done on me. And I did have some markers that showed that I had exposure to Lyme bacteria. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's very like things are very different in Canada. (laughs) They don't do a lot of testing for it. And a lot of doctors are skeptical about Lyme disease. But I did end up going to him in Maine. So I'd travel down uh, every three months or so and see him. And he gave, well, he he's probably the only doctor that really actually helped me. Because at the point when I went to visit him, I couldn't even sit in the car. Like it was a, it was like four hour drive. Mm-hmm. And I would have so much pain by the time I got there, like just up my back and the back of my head and stuff. And I was in pretty rough, rough shape. Um, so he, what did he do for you? Well, he, he treated me for a lot of different things, the symptoms, like he said. So he, he's the only doctor that really actually helped me. Like I, remember spending at least four or five hours in the office with him just talking about like the different symptoms and he tested for so many different things that they wouldn't test here in my city. Um, So he thought that I probably had exposure to the Lyme bacteria when I was a teenager and that's what caused the flare that I had. So, and then it just kind of goes into remission but then when your body gets exhausted and tired or stressed it can flare up and trigger other things to happen right so i mean he treated me with some of the same medications and some let me think like uh antidepressants like that for pain as well and um I did do some rounds of antibiotics and, and that was like injectable antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And it seems, I don't know if it's just a fluke or what, but after that I did start to get better Mm -hmm. and I was probably at the best I had ever been just before my son got diagnosed. Did diabetes, did the stress of his diagnosis, put you back into an issue or are you okay now? You're pretty tired of that. I might just be diabetes, but I hear what you're saying. So it, so diabetes is uh, no secret, not easy to, to deal with, but Dexcom makes it much, much easier. Being able to see your blood sugar or a loved one's blood sugar in real time is a gift that I don't know that I can quantify. But right now I can see my daughter's blood sugar and she is 700 miles away from me. I can see the number. I can see the direction it's moving, if it's moving. And I can see how fast it's moving. 
Arden just had a meal. Her blood sugar is elevated right now around 150 and I'm watching it come down. It's happening the way I expect it to happen. This is just the greatest comfort to us and a huge help for her while she's away at college and managing her own blood sugar. This can be the same for you as an adult or as the caregiver of someone my daughter's age or even younger. The speed, direction, and number at your fingertips, right on your iPhone or your Android phone, it's just, I mean, you should just get it. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. It's hard to sell something that, in my opinion, is so obvious, right? It, it doesn't need a sale. I think you just need the, hey, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Go get it if you can. It's amazing. Seriously, seriously, I don't know. It doesn't require selling. It requires education. Just understanding what it can do for you, like seeing in real time, right in front of your face, in a way that's understandable and easy to, to digest. I ate something or my kid ate something and I'm watching the blood sugar. I see what happens. I see what happens when I put the insulin in here versus when I put it in over here. I see it and then I can make decisions about it. I can fix it or do it better. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Please take my advice and check it out. While you're out buying things, get yourself some super comfy, cozy sheets or towels or sweatpants or scrunchies or so much socks. Cozy Earth has it all. Cozyearth.com. Premium stuff. I'm not kidding you. Super soft, super like washable and resilient. You're going to love it. I have the sheets in the viscose bamboo. I have some joggers, a sweatshirt in the viscose bamboo. I've got some towels coming. You can't go wrong with quality and you can't go wrong with comfort. I mean, especially coming out of the shower, like all your bits are available. You should be nice to them. You know what I mean? And when you're sleeping, my goodness, what do you want to be hot and sweaty while you're sleeping? Ugh. <laughs> no, 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 no. No one wants that. CozyEarth.com. Now, here's the thing. You go there, you get whatever you want, you put it in the cart, and then when you check out, Juicebox is the offer code that saves you 35% on your order. I'm telling you 35%, that's a lot. That leaves you only paying for 65% of it. Wait, is that right? 65, damn it. I might've got that wrong. Give me a second, 65, 35. And I take the five and the five and I make it a zero. Then I put the one over here. So I get a zero, a six, a three, and a one. Six plus three is nine plus one, 110. Yep, that's right. Cozyearth.com. Use the offer code checkout to save 35% off your entire order. My math is rock solid. Oh, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> pretty tired. I might just be diabetes, but I hear what you're saying. So yeah. It, so so for it's hard. All, all your stuff. Basically, they gave you um, kind of high impact antibiotics. They mm -hmm. they gave you uh, an SSRI for the pain. Yeah, and I was on neuropathy medication as well because I had a lot of like just weird sensations and tingling and pains in my legs and arms. But the doctors here always just stuck with 
like it's the rheumatoid arthritis, but they never did. Like, I love my doctors here and they're great, but that just never seemed like they really listened. And I always felt like I almost like they thought I was making things up, which happens mm-hmm. a lot. Did they tell you just to go have a Molson and take a brisk walk and you'd be okay? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amanda, if you can just get through this a little longer. Uh, yeah, I appreciate your abouts still. They're really coming fast and furiously. I'm enjoying them very much. Um, it, it's just good times. Okay, so you, uh, that all happened to you. That's terrible. So in your heart, do you think you have autoimmune stuff? Or do you think you have autoimmune stuff that was kind of kicked into gear by a tick bite? Or do you not even know how to think about it? Oh, I don't even really know. Yeah. I'm not sure if I have rheumatoid arthritis. I I've said that to my doctor and she's like, "No, you're you were positive for the anti-CCP and that's a marker." And but I I don't know if maybe lupus or cuz that's in my family as well. You have people in your family line that have lupus? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I do have an aunt on my dad's side who she experienced joint pain and like when she was younger as well, kind kind of the same thing as me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have like on my mom's side, there's a couple of them that had lupus as well. And my sister, my niece, they have different joint issues and mm-hmm. problems too. But I also have thyroid issues in the family as well. So. Okay. Do does any do any of your issues impact your digestion? Uh my stomach bothers me some. I did that's one of the things that the doctor in Maine um helped me with. I got on um like gluten free. Mm-hmm. So I do I eat gluten some, just more like if we're out somewheres, but and I don't eat dairy and I eat lower sugar. Unless I'm having treats. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, so before we move on, just can you say out and about for me? Out and about? Thank you. <laughs> That's so amazing. Thank you so much. Why? Because you don't know what you sound like when you say it, but it's delightful to me. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> You're like out and about. Out and about? <laughs> it's fantastic. Thank you. Made my whole day. Uh, great. All right. All right. We, um, okay. So... Your son's diagnosed with type 1. Is there any other type 1 in your family line? Yes, my dad actually was type. I can't believe you broke up again. Damn it. And also two adult children. They're adults now, but they would be my cousin's kids. So they're in the same generation line as my son were yeah. diagnosed when they were about the same age, May eight not, and nine, I'm I gonna, think. I'm yeah. going to stop you for a second because you started to tell me that your dad had type one. I lost you again. So here's what I'm going to do. Oh. Hey. Hi. Hi. Good. All right. Let's cross our fingers that that did something. Okay. You're <laughs> way louder now because I got my husband's headset. Oh, you, know? you sound much better too, by the way. Yeah. Excellent. It's a PlayStation One, so. <laughs> well, okay, so yeah. we're we're back. We did a little bit of updating to some software, and I asked you if there was any type one in your family, and you said yes. My dad, and then I lost you. Okay. Do you want to know about my dad? I want to know about everything you were saying when I couldn't hear you. 
Okay. Yes. So my dad was uh, diagnosed as an adult, probably in his 30s, I think. And um, he also, or my cousin on his side of the families, there's two children in the same generation line as my son Boyd. And they were also diagnosed when they were about the same age. Okay. So your father and two other relatives on your dad's side who are your son's age. Yeah. Okay. So that's four now. All right. And you said there's thyroid in the family too. Who's got that? Um, I believe that I probably do. <laughs> I did. That's one thing that I was tested for um, when I was in the States and they haven't done any testing here, but I did take like a low dose dose of the Synthroid mm -hmm. um, for some time. Um, I have my blood work stuff out in case you ask. Are you not taking it now? No, I'm not. Do you think that's I didn't, why you're tired? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I wanted them to test me again here before I tried it again, but I did... I don't know if it was too much because I was like sweaty a lot and just like I felt like it was too much. Yeah, you were taking too much probably. Yeah. Yeah. So you, how much, do you remember how much you were taking? It was only 25. Okay. Milligrams, yeah. Were you losing weight? Um, uh, no, I was quite heavy at that time. Okay. Just because. But I was also taking something else that was making me gain weight. Gain weight. I wasn't <laughs> sure if you were hyper maybe. Like if you had hyper, if you had taken so much Synthroid that you were too low, your TSH was too low. That's what I was trying to figure out. Um, yeah, something like that might have went on. I was looking at my blood work and the last one that was 2021, um, my TSH was low and my T4 was up. What was your TSH? Uh, do they measure it different between Canada and... I don't know. You're, I'm about to find out. It should be like about like a one to ten scale. Yeah. No. Let's see here. You're gonna hear my papers probably. That's fine. So, point two six. Yeah, it's a little high. And then at that time, because that was in April. 21. Oh, wait, two, uh, not 2.6, 0.26. Yeah, that's what it says. Huh. All right. So and yeah. then my T4 was 15.9. Hmm. So your idea now is to go get more blood work done, but are you having trouble getting someone to do it for you? Uh, No, I could probably, my family doctor okay. would probably do it. I procrastinate a lot. Because I'm so busy with everybody else's issues. Mm -hmm. Well, take a day and do that for yourself. Yeah. yeah. My grandmother, she has, like, my mom's mom, she's always had thyroid issues. Okay. And do, so, do they medicate for it? Yeah, she takes Synthroid as well. Your mom's mom's alive still? Yeah, she's 97. Jesus. That's really old. <laughs> yeah, she's a peppy little one now. <laughs> Probably the cold keeps her going. Yeah, right? probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, what was um, what was uh, the what led you to 
believing that your son needed to go to the doctor before his diagnosis? Well, I always like, it's funny because I always had like this thought like, oh, what if one of my kids has diabetes like my dad did? And so I always had it in the back of my mind and I always watched for it, but I never realized how much I didn't know about it and like not know what to look for. Mm -hmm. Now, Boyd has always been a very fussy little guy ever since he was a baby. And I always felt like something was off with him. Like even when he was an infant, like he had like sores in his mouth and I took him to the doctor. I took him to like our dentist. They sent him to an oral surgeon to have a look in his mouth at these sores, canker sores, and they never ever could give me any answer. And I kept saying like, they come and they go and they come and they go. And then eventually when he was probably over one, we didn't really see many of them, but he was always tired and just irritable and could never keep up with the other kids. And, and I, one thing why I wanted to be on the show is because I, when I first found the podcast, I listened to some ladies, I tried to find the episode that it was, and it was about someone who had a lot of regret and stuff about not seeing the signs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that's one reason why I wanted to come on because I, I really didn't see what was right in front of me. And I could have took him to the doctor and I had, I had a hard time with the doctors because I was wrong with me or the kids. So I put it off and at the end of his, I guess, 2021 school year, he was drinking a lot of water and we just thought that maybe it was hot out and just stuff like that. And he was very irritable for a couple of weeks and I reached out to his old kindergarten teacher because I had uh, I had urine analysis test strips that I had for myself and I just got him to pee in a cup one day and the glucose on it was like at the highest it could be on the test strip and the ketones were on the highest as well. Hmm. So I reached out to her because I knew her son was diabetic and I just had this weird feeling that uh, something was going on with him. And and when I did the urinalysis test strips, did you get that part? Yep. That they were at the highest marker on them. Right. So I went and got a meter at the drugstore um, and did a test on him without him knowing because he's pretty high anxiety. So he would never let me prick his finger or anything and it said 33 um over 33 actually it said so she encouraged me like to take him to the hospital and I was still questioning like should I take him up there it's like during the middle of COVID maybe it's not really this and I guess I just it was hard to believe that it could possibly be diabetes like my dad even though that's something you worried about. Yeah, yeah. which is funny. So um, so we ended up taking him and it was 
it was late at night. He had fallen asleep and we took him and he, I mean, again, he couldn't, they couldn't even read his blood glucose. It was so high. Mm-hmm. It just said high on the meter and they admitted him like right away and started him on uh, IVs and they had to give him Ativan to calm him down because he was so hysterical. And uh, yeah, so he was in DKA. His A1C at that time was, I think it was 12.7. Wow. So he was a sick little boy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you took him, obviously. Me too. And I thank her like every day. I send her updates all the time um, because she basically, she saved him because I would I think I would have kept doubting that I don't know why, because I'm usually very like notice everything that's going on, but maybe I was in denial mm-hmm. that it could actually be something serious. No, I understand. And so now you're kind of torturing yourself over that still a year later. Yeah, I still do. I, I think about it a lot, but I can, I remind myself that like, I didn't really know. And right. he's okay, so yeah, yeah but it's still hard. No, I understand, but there was really no way to know. I also think I might name this episode "Out and About, Full of Doubt." Just oh, be- that's awesome! <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely full of doubt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, you're you're past that now, though. I mean, I I don't know what you do to let go of it. All I can tell you is that most of the people I've spoken to in your situation feel it in the beginning and it lessens over time. Yeah. And I know, I remember, I don't even know how I stumbled upon the podcast. I just seen something and then went to it and started listening. And I just remember standing like crying because I couldn't believe that there were other parents that felt the same way. Like I thought I was the only one that felt like that. Yeah. Do you have a real like conscious thought like I'm alone in this or is it just a feeling like when somebody says I found community, I realized other people felt like me. I thought I was the only one who felt like this. Like, did you, did you really think that? Did you really have like a conscious thought? Like I'm by myself. No one else knows how I feel. Or is it just a, is it just a feeling or an expression? Uh, No, I really did. I did. I guess I, I didn't know that so many people would feel the guilt that I felt for not seeing and letting it go on for so long mm-hmm. kind of thing. So the, um, sort of this expectation that everybody's better at something than you are. Yeah. I probably think like that a lot. Yeah. That's probably not true by the way. But I, I know I'm good at this. It's taken a while, but like, I've surprised myself in like his management. Um, I know I can be really good at it and I'm learning a lot and I've put everything into it. Um, But I probably wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for you and the podcast and the whole um, Facebook group. Yeah. You got into that very quickly after diagnosis into the Facebook group. Yeah, it was September. Yeah. So... And I asked a lot of questions. I was like, oh, my word, people are going to be so annoyed with me. But there were so many people, like strangers, that were willing to help out and give advice, like 
I probably sometimes put on three questions a day just to get this support and see what other people were thinking and and know that I was kind of like on the right track. I'm scrolling through your posts right now. Oh no. I'm just like scrolling. They're they're limitless. I, I feel like I feel like my finger is gonna get a cramp if I keep scrolling much longer. <laughs> you probably will. I don't know if I should be happy. Amanda. Yes. Sorry, you disappeared again. But um <laughs> Sorry, I have no idea what's going on. It's like the last couple of days this is happening. It's not my setup. It might be the internet. Maybe everybody's home from school using the internet, and they should stop Probably. it and go back to what they're supposed to be doing so I can make my podcast. <laughs> Plus, you're, what are you, you're probably like on like the tip of an iceberg or something like that, wherever you live, right? Sort of, yeah. Yeah? Are you really? No. No. <laughs> Maybe like right in the middle of Toronto or something like that. No, no, no okay. definitely not. Oh, yeah, those people. Ew. <laughs> I'm right on the river, so. Nice. Well, um, anyway, so you posted a ton. And as you're thinking, like, oh, I hope people aren't bothered by this. What I privately think is this is terrific because your questions got conversations moving. Yeah. and. I did notice that like, and some, they would lead to different conversations between other people in the threads. And then I was able to learn more just from them changing the topic to something a little bit different. Yeah. I had a person one time put a post up. It only happened once. And they said, this group is full of information. You should do a search and stop asking questions over and over again. And I messaged that person. I was like, hey, stop it. Like, I was like, you fundamentally misunderstand what this group is. It's not a encyclopedia. Like, like no. people who think that Facebook groups are already have all the answers. So just go find them. That's a quick way to kill a Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. it's I mean, every day there's a different topic and different people's lives, like what they're going through. And mm -hmm. it's and you take something from it. Yeah, and I was really embarrassed at first to share because I'm not like, like my Facebook page is just like silent. There's nothing on there. But like to open up and share and ask the questions was like, like I was really nervous about that. But at one point I was like, you know what? It's for my son. I'm going to do this. And, and it's helped like so much. Mm-hmm. So I always post to whenever there's people like new people, I always say like, listen to the, all the episodes and ask questions. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's very helpful. helpful. It's not just helpful for them. It's helpful for the, for the group too. Like yeah. I, I can't, if, if I made it my life's work to just manage that Facebook group, just me, I'd never do anything else. No, probably yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, average of, uh, I think it's right now, 80 to 110 posts a day. That's crazy. Yeah. And 75 of them are probably mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I'm not even aware that group's at the point now, if people tag me, it's even a crapshoot if I'll see it. But, but you're there, you're I involved, do. and it's like yeah. really something to see. Like you comment to things like because you're taking your time to do that and you don't see that in a lot of groups and stuff. I'll tell you, there are moments like last night. 
I was sitting here, headphones on, editing a show. So listening to a show with yes. uh, with a mouse and a keyboard to my left in case I needed to do something to that. On my <laughs> right, I was building a web page for content that's going to go up in a couple of days. And I was talking to people on Facebook at the same time. Oh, my goodness. I was like, Multitasking. What, what am I doing? And then if you go downstairs and ask my wife, uh, oh, don't talk to him while he's doing something. He can't do two things at once. And I'm always like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, it's important. Like, the group is important. What it, it is, What Mary. it does for people is important. And the way it works is 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 valuable. It, it, mm-hmm. You come on, you don't know, you ask a question. Somebody hopefully steps in and says, well, let me ask another question, see if we can get to your problem. Or some people will come in with advice. And every once in a while, they're still, you know, something happened the other day where I just felt like there was a moment where I was like, there's like 20 crazy people in here. If I could just make them leave, this would be better. But there are some. Yes. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm like, it's okay. Like they, they were in their own thread being crazy and i was like yeah good for them like you know what i mean like somebody like uh, you know people can report posts yes and someone reported it and it it caused me to go read through it and i thought i don't this doesn't matter like let them let them be you know what i mean like they're they're having their own conversation about something like do i think they're right i don't (laughs) do i think they have conspiracy theory issues and should speak to somebody I do, but it didn't bleed out into the rest of the group. And that just means that there's 109 other posts that day that somebody else can do. And and I know it can sound overwhelming, like, wow, there's that many, but it doesn't work that way. The algorithm does a surprisingly good job of pushing down posts that don't find engagement. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's not that people don't get their questions answered they just don't end up in posts that are like 30 answers long it's yeah. so, you know somebody comes in says you know asks a question next person's like oh yeah yeah this 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 the other person says thank you and it kind of dies mm-hmm. you know what i mean but that person still got their their question answered so i and i don't see a better way to do it at this point in time with the way technology is set up right now this is i can't believe i'm saying it but facebook groups are perfect for this so yeah it's great yeah. it's it's my go-to for everything. If I have any questions, I'm like, uh, I'm going to ask my group. And then they all laugh at me and think it's funny. <laughs> well, do you get your answers? Yes, I do. Then perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. And look how you threw yourself into all this for your son. And you really did. So tell people a little bit about like what the journey has been like for the first year understanding diabetes. Um. Well, when they told me that he had type 1, like I was like, oh my gosh, what, like, what am I gonna do? He's a picky eater. Like he doesn't. He only has like ten things he likes to eat. And just I had, even though my dad was type one, I had no idea what it was actually like. And we just, I don't even know. I just came home and and his blood sugars were, I mean, crazy. In the beginning, I have a book that I look back and that first little while was just like above 10 all the time. Mm-hmm. And and you can see when I pull up my clarity and stuff, when I started listening to you and learning more 
And there was at some point that I just, like I wasn't getting anything from our local clinic. The group and the podcast was where I was going to learn everything I needed to know. Um, Now, Boyd does have a lot of anxiety over pretty much everything. So that was really hard for him. He like the injections. It was just like crying every time he would avoid treats like because he didn't want to have any more injections than he needed to have. Mm -hmm. And through the group, I did find one lady had mentioned to me about the Medtronic, the iPort. iPort, yeah. Have you ever seen one of those little things? I've seen a picture of it, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to order that and try it out. So I put him on. He, everything he has on him, all his devices we do when he's sleeping because he wants nothing to do with it when he's awake. So the Dexcom, whenever we have our Dexcom change night, we do it once he falls asleep. He never wakes up, sleeps through the whole thing. (laughs) We do, we did the eye ports that way as well. And he, he uh, had said that we made this video one time. I think I sent it to you. I don't know if you've seen it, but we were just sitting at the table and he was, he was like, can I have a chocolate bar from his Halloween treats? And I was like, sure, we could just give you the extra insulin for it. And he had his eye port. So as we were sitting there, he said, you know, my eye port almost makes my life like normal again. Because he didn't have to experience the pain of having the injections. So anything that I could do to make it easier for him, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to find a way. If there's a way he doesn't like things or bothers him, I'm going to find a better way to make it more comfortable for him. And the iPorts, I highly recommend those. They were great. Um, Is he still using MDI now? No, we are on Omnipod now. Oh, okay. He's been on that since uh, early May. And he's okay with insertion, but it has to happen when he's asleep. Well, see, I he started with the Omnipod asleep, and we told him, you know, it does fail sometimes, so you'll have to do it in the day. Um, the first ones in the clinic, he did do it, and he said it wasn't too bad, but he preferred it when he was sleeping but the last probably two months we've had to do dexcom in the day and he's doing it awake he prefers it like when he's sleeping but he does do it and the omnipod if we need to do that early or something he'll do that when he's awake too so i feel like that i just gave him his own time to get used to you know, this big life change. Right, and he's making progress now. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. doing it all on his <clears throat> own. and That's excellent. Good for him. That's really great. Plus, I mean, how you can't keep that going forever with the sleeping thing. Also, I'm impressed that he can sleep through that. He doesn't budge, I'm telling you. We've, there were some nights we would have to do, like, Dexcom and Omnipod. It would fall on the same night. Mm-hmm. And we'd do both of them, and he'd stay sound asleep wow. <laughs> the whole time. I was making myself laugh while you are talking. I was thinking, like, what happens if at 4 in the afternoon you need to change something? Does he run over on the sofa, lay down, and go to sleep real quick? So No. <laughs> but that's really great. I mean, that's terrific. It's it, In his time, you took care of it. Do you really think it was... People say anxiety a lot, especially lately. 
But do you think it, mm-hmm. it's real, like, clinical anxiety or just think it was a nine-year-old kid who was like, I'd really prefer if you didn't stick that needle in me? No, I think, I mean, he's had a history of it with before diabetes. He's just always been anxious and afraid of things and and scared of new things and just, it's just like that for him. But it's all, once we've got over this, hump of like this big life change because you know he now he used to say like he hated his life and diabetes ruined his life and and he might as well die he would say if he has to have diabetes and I can't even remember the last time he said that Mm -hmm. like like he's happy now and he he'll joke about it some and I love insulin if I don't take it, I'll die, he'll say. But, like, he's happy because I think it's because I let him adjust to the new lifestyle on his own. Yeah, no, it sounds like he did a really good job, honestly. And you're understanding the diabetes on top of that. Like, what's his A1C now? Well, we haven't had an official lab A1C done um, because, because of COVID. Live, uh, it it was on an iceberg. Just stick with the joke, Amanda. Uh, <laughs> right? And it's too hard to you know, get the dogs together and go all the way to Maine <laughs> to get your blood test. So, okay. Now, now that my okay. sledding dogs, right? Yeah. Of course. So, and what are you going to feed them? They're hungry. And if you, they run, they need more food and exactly. you're, you're busy. So, um, <laughs> but, but what are you getting off of clarity? Yeah. And yeah. I did have one done. You can do the meter one, like at the drugstore. Mm-hmm. So at his six months, he was five, nine. Wow. And we're actually next week, he's going to have the lab um, A1C done, but still on Claire. Damn it, we were doing so good. And uh, say it again on Clarity, he was. He's still 5'9 on Clarity. Wow. But it was, it was up to. But did you ever notice that in when you look at the summary on Clarity, at the. A1C, and then you look in the AGP part of it, it, it's different. Can I be honest? That's what this is about, right? I don't look at those apps very much anymore. No. Arden's A1C is about where I expect it to be. If we're doing great, it's five, six, seven, eight, nine. If we're doing terrible, it's six, one, two, three, like in there. Well, not three, usually six, two. Um, and I just don't, I just trust that it's going to work out the way I expect it to because it it just does. Yeah. And I honestly am kind of like that as well. Mm-hmm. The A1C doesn't really, like it means something to me, but it doesn't because I see what happens every day for him. And I see, like, I like looking at the standard deviation. If I can keep that tighter, that he's not bouncing up and down all over the place. I'm more happy with that. Yeah. Now with the clarity, like I kind of lost control after um, we started on the Omnipod. So maybe a little bit before that. And it did say Mm 6.5, but I've noticed like in the last month, like I'm getting more control. And I've also find when like there's, I mean, there's your way of management and then there's the doctor's way of management right so every time i go it's like 
I get a lot of fear. They put a lot of fear in me hmm. of lows and, and I feel like I'm doing something wrong by trying to keep him in such tight control. But when he is in better control and at better numbers, I can see that he feels better. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to, I just can't do that. I feel like it's my job. I'm his mother. Right. So I'm not just going to let him bounce all around. So I kind of get afraid of the insulin for a little while and I feel like I'm back on track now and I'm being more aggressive and things are like doing a lot better just yeah. in the last so, month. Yeah. Really. So when you moved from MDI, you had a, you had a way of doing things. You moved to a pump, you had to adjust and now you're figuring yeah. that out. Right. Yeah. 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 And I'm in a good place and I'm actually, I've built, the loop app. Okay. So I'm dabbling in that right now. Um, but again, it's something new, so it makes me nervous. But I really want to do it. And I've built the app and I, I'm just waiting for my orange link because I got an Emma link and it was it wasn't really working right. So I've had to send that back to Robert and he's gonna look at it for me. Mm -hmm. I just bought and, a, I just bought another orange link the other day. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I need two anyway, so I'm going to get the orange link and try that and it should arrive tomorrow or the next day. But it was amazing like the little bit I did try it to see what it could do for him. Mm -hmm. So right now I've been kind of acting like the algorithm myself just from seeing it for only a few days. It teaches it really you, doesn't it? It, watching watching the algorithm works, you're like, okay, I see. Like I it's see, crazy. Yeah, you know, I see where more is needed and where less is needed, and and how much easier yeah. it is to make decisions when you've when you've seen it happen. When you've seen that algorithm do stuff, you're like, oh, I never would have thought to put insulin here. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. And take it away. I've yeah. been doing like temp basils, like off and stuff, and it, I've stopped lows, like when I knew it was going to keep going down oh, for sure. and it's worked really good. But my, my problem is, well, the basil, I'm always questioning the basil. I can't seem to figure that out. Mm. And I know I heard you say once that Arden has more basil in the daytime. She does. So, and I'm wondering if Boyd needs that because I can, like, he's only at point two right now for basil. Like his neat, his insulin needs are very low. Like mm -hmm. it's usually between 10 and I think 14 units a day, but okay. that's just because we've been having summer treats and extra food. Yeah. So I can leave him if he's gaming and sometimes till 11 in the morning, but I'll just leave him alone and he can stay at point two that whole morning and not need anything and be like in the low fives. That's and a, then yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, but then as soon as he has breakfast and then breakfast has been really good lately. Like I think I, he only went up to, um, he didn't even really have he went to 6.9 at breakfast and then stayed up there for a bit and I had to give him a little more. Um, but then 
lunchtime and then after lunchtime till bedtime is like the big problem. He just, he stays up. Lunchtime after. And what happens if you get more aggressive with it? Does well, it low later. Yeah. But I can't figure, it's really hard. What I find to figure out is all the variables that you have to deal with with a child, especially with the activity. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't give him enough insulin, which I've increased or decreased, I guess, his his carb ratio, and it will work. But as soon as he starts playing and stuff, he drops right down. Right. Yeah, so it's, so that's, it's strong enough if he's... If he's sitting around, it's perfect. And once he becomes active, there's too much insulin there. Yeah. So yeah. which way do I go? Like, I just, I find it very confusing to figure out that, like, but I, in the last week or so, I have been, I've been trying the stronger, like, insulin at lunch. And it's almost like he is taking double the amount if he just sits around. He needs double the amount of insulin. And, um, he, uh, like he'll stay pretty good, like the breakfast there and I'll keep it at the strongest or stronger insulin. And then if he's gonna do activity or play with a friend, I will judge it on that and take it away. Is that what people usually do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, sure. You do like a temp basal decrease over, you know, before the activity yeah. and maybe during the first I don't know, two thirds of it or something like that. So what, cause I asked a question in the group there just the other day about like, when is your carb ratio supposed to work? Is it supposed to work if they're just sitting still? Mm -hmm. Is that well, the strength the answer, you wanted at? I think the answer is, is that if they're just sitting still, then maybe there's one ratio. And if they're moving around, there's another. And you just have to maybe be aware of that or shoot the middle. Yeah. And, you know, make up for it on either side, uh, you know, with a, with more or less, depending on the yeah. situation. Yeah. And I think that's kind of just clicked recently that maybe I should be more aggressive mm -hmm. and work back like that if I need to. Well, 13 months in, Amanda, uh, you're doing great. So. Thank you. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't beat yourself up about it. Just, I mean, it's a, what do they say? It's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. So. Oh, it's so much more like I never realized what my dad went through or anyone that has type one or a child with type one. And a lot of people, they, they just, they don't understand that it just never stops. Like it's every minute, every, everything he does, if he games, if he up, gets upset, if he walks the dog, like every little thing affects his blood sugar. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's, you know what it is? It's um, everything in life is that way, except there are things you can ignore and, mm -hmm. or put off till later. Right. And yeah. diabetes ends up not being one of those things that you can yeah. just say like, ah, you know what? I won't pay. Like, you know, you get into a fight with like your neighbor and you walk back in the house and you go, I'm not going to think about that anymore. I, I mean, they still hate you. And, but it doesn't really impact you in the moment because you're back in your house. But, yeah. you know, when you're doing diabetes, you know, ignoring it, it's funny, right? Because the, the goal is not to be paying attention to it constantly. 
Yeah. You know, the goal is to find stability that exists on its own. It doesn't need your input a ton. But if you do ignore it, people ignore it on the high side because they don't want to get low. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, you've been in your house for six months. You haven't talked to your neighbor and your A1C is eight and a half or nine. And, yeah. you know, you've you've done a real disservice to your health at that point. So Yeah. And I'm probably, I fear that a lot because my dad isn't with us anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he, my dad was great. He was a great dad, fun. But he did live like quite a hard life. He was a truck driver and he drank and smoked and, um, and that doesn't really work well with type one. So he did, um, have a heart attack in his sleep when he was, how old was he? 51. Wow. Somewhere's around there. Um, but now the more I have learned, like I know that it wasn't just the heart attack i know it was the complications from um poor management yeah the diabetes probably caused the heart attack it did yeah and nobody knew that and i didn't realize that till i learned so much more like about it because i know there was lots of times that we thought that he was just like on the couch sleeping but he was probably near diabetic coma or something like he just he was all over the place yeah it was in the 80s and 90s so i mean you didn't he didn't know in a small town and yeah plus canada you know what i'm saying yeah i know right you had to go all the way to maine to find out if you had a line come on canada do better (laughs) terrible exactly really bad you know i i don't want to share somebody's details but i know a canadian who's having trouble getting some simple health care right now and it makes me angry so now I'm all it is, yeah. It's different, yes. Yeah. Well, there's a triage system. Right? Yes. Yeah. You call your doctor and you're like, hey, um, I cut my finger off. Oh, come right in. That's fine. You call your doctor and you say, my finger really hurts. I think it's going to fall off. They're like, yeah, it's fine. You come in about four months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, and I don't think that the person with the cut off finger shouldn't get quick treatment. I don't understand why everybody else keeps getting Like, why does the system not account for the fact that there are some people in emergent situations and some people who are trying to improve their lives and we could see them all at the same time? I don't know. But I'm I'm right about that, right? Like, that's how it goes. You kind of get pushed off if your stuff's not as serious. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to speak bad about the motherland. I hear what you're doing right now, but (laughs) it's okay. I'll, I'll do it for you. (laughs) okay you you don't have to say look there's plenty of problems with the american healthcare system too but if you have insurance or cash getting seen isn't one of the problems exactly yeah no it isn't all right so i gotcha all right let's see i i was gonna make a big point that i lost it when i got annoyed at canada Shoot. Shoot, (laughs) shoot 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 oh you i think you mentioned in your note that you weren't really aware of what can happen when diabetes isn't well-managed. The, the, the podcast no. helped you understand that. And I, I appreciate you telling me that because that was a big moment for me when I decided, like, let's just be honest about the whole thing and not just, like, the parts that are easier to, to mm-hmm. deal with. Like, it's unfair. I, I just, I'm not okay with the idea. What do I want to say here, Amanda? 
I'm aware that there are things happening in my life right now, physically, emotionally, my, my, my communication with other people. Like, I know there are things that are happening that I'm not aware of, right? But I think you mm-hmm. want to be aware as, of as much of it as possible so that you can make conscious decisions for yourself. Like, I can't mm-hmm. imagine your poor father, 51 years old, he, the, the heart attack took him at 51. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. 51 years old, and he's dying in his, you know, in his bed for something that didn't have to kill him. Not as no. that, you, you know, and, and he doesn't get the uh, opportunity to think, like, pause his heart attack and go, oh, gosh, I wish I would have known more about how to manage my blood mm-hmm. sugar. But it's, you can't just ignore things like this. I, you can't ignore anything. It's eventually going to blow up on you. But there's a difference between losing a, a friend, you know, in a relationship to bad communication and losing your life because you don't understand that you need insulin and how it works. Mm-hmm. It's not okay to me, yeah. you know? So, and anyway, so you say it out loud, and then some people are like, well, you, you make people upset when you say that. I was like, you know when they're going to be more upset? When they're 51, grabbing their chest in their bed, that, that you know, then they're going to be more upset. Like, tell them now. Yeah. Give them the opportunity to help themselves. That's how I think of it. It really doesn't. Like, it just, it boggles my mind. Like, I just can't believe the lack of education for diabetes like it's like i really don't know where we would be without you no you don't have to say that. like you're so great like i talk about you all the time like everybody makes fun of me my family oh tell them to (laughs) shut up (laughs) but you know what now my husband i got him on the group now so i'll be like do you did you see this? And he'll like finish my sentence because now he's into looking through it Good. and seeing all the stories. And he'll ask me, did you see this? And so it's really great. I get but freaked out when we get in bed. My wife's like, did you see a post in your group today? I'm like, you're in my group. Stay out of there. I was like, what are you doing? Is she? <laughs> yeah, she's in there. She bangs around. Um, but no, I think that's terrific that your husband's looking at that. Really fantastic. Yeah. 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 He listens to like, I'll tell him the episodes to listen to and it really got him on board with uh, what I wanted to do with Boyd and how I wanted to, you know, keep things tighter for him. Yeah. And, like, we work so good together. Like, we're like an A-plus team, I think. Good for you. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, all right. So is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to? I don't want to miss anything. Um, I did want to – I wanted to know, like – with Arden and stuff, like a lot of people push like, oh, they have to be independent and do this on their own. And I get a lot of that from um, my son's doctors and the teachers at this school. And like, I believe in that. But to me, when I look at how you, like you push Arden to be independent, but I feel like, am I wrong that you take on most of it like just so she can still be a kid like when she was younger and stuff i wanted to I talk was, about i was that. talking to somebody in my private life about this yesterday yeah because there are moments even at 18 years old where i'll say something to arden and she puts it off or she's like yeah i will i will i will and there's part of you that wants to say like come on like you're 18 just do it 
You know what I mean? And there's part of mm-hmm. you that says, oh, she's only 18. And people, generally speaking, don't have to live with problems like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they have a, an issue like diabetes and other things. So there's a balance in there, in my mind. And the goal is to protect their psyche and mm-hmm. their experience and at the same time be doing things in the open so they can see them and learn from them. And then the next, I don't know, it's not a problem, but the, the next step is to transfer it to them. And mm-hmm. and I see that transfer as a slow process. Yeah, that's what I feel too. Right. And and it, it's not like you're going to like, you don't, you're not going to pull your son aside when he's 12 and go, all right, guess what, boy, you're 12 years old now. Here's how you bolus for fat and protein. You better not forget because you eat French fries. <laughs> you know what I mean? And your blood That's sugar. That's all he eats. Yeah. And your blood sugar is going to go to 250 if you don't know how to do this. And it's going to stay there for three hours. And your A1C is going to go to seven. And blah, 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 blah. My dad had a heart attack. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to, like, you're going to, it's too much. Mm-hmm. So it's little bits, little bits, little bits. And then you kind of have to step back and do an assessment once in a while. Like, are they coming along the way I expect? I think they are. And then once in a while, you re- have to realize that they're kids and they're going to use that as protection. Like, I don't want to do that, you know, or it, sometimes it's little stuff. Like I got a text from Arden last night. Can you bring me my blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, there must be a problem, right? So I, I leave where I'm at. I go to where she is and I give it to her. And I'm like, you couldn't have got this? She goes, I just didn't feel like getting up. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, like, let her have that a little longer. She's leaving for college in four weeks. No one's going to yeah. ever do this for her again. You know what I mean? And so Arden's A1C right now is probably around 6'2". Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I looked on the app earlier. It is around 6'2". And it's because she's been doing more of the stuff recently. And, and she's learning. Yeah, and she's she's having her own experiences and learning things. And I'm doing that purposefully now before she leaves for school, hoping that when she gets to school, it'll empower her to make good decisions, not just not just try something and go, oh, hell, that didn't work. You know, we, we found out yesterday that her, her first semester classes are pretty much as far away from her living situation as possible. Oh, really? Yeah. And now there's a bus that runs through the... So the campus is kind of spread out through a town, Mm-hmm. So there's a busing system that she's going to have to use. But still, it's like a 26-block walk to one of her classes. Oh, wow. So she's obviously not going to walk it, right? And then your first thought is, oh, I guess we got to find the money and buy her a car. It, you know, because she doesn't have her own car. She uses Kelly's car mm-hmm. when she drives around here. And um, then I'm like, I don't know. Just let her take the damn bus. Like, she'll be all right. You know what I mean? Like, it's only a, yeah. a, a couple months the first time she's going to be away. I'm like, let her take the bus and and figure that out because it's another learning experience. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I get when people say it, they need to understand it for themselves. And I get when older type ones say it because I think what they're saying is, I didn't understand my care and then look what happened to me. I think they mean that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and at the same time, I don't understand why you'd have to give it all to them on day one. or Because I've also spoken to people who've had that happen to them, and it has not gone well either. Like, yes. the, you're, you're, you're talking about extremes. 
you know, and, and I don't know why everybody, I, I don't understand. Like you ask the question and you get, you know, a group of people, it feels like they're holding a flag yelling, it's their disease. They have to understand it. Give it to them, blah, blah, blah. Like you don't help them. And then the other side, it's like, well, they're just kids. Like, like, like where's the middle? Like, how did we lose the middle, Amanda? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, when did the, I think it happened for me, you're Canadian, so I don't know about your politics are different. <laughs> But when I was growing up, politicians tried to make the middle seem like you didn't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. And I don't see the middle as not having an opinion. I see the middle as a blend of both sides. Yes. So that's how I think about this. Like, I mean, and just you just can't let it get away from you. You can't let them take advantage of you, too. Yeah. I. That's hilarious. Amanda? Amanda? Hello? Hey. And not think about the diabetes for just, you know, when he's playing. Yeah, yeah. Amanda, I have to stop you. I spoke for six solid minutes, then you opened your mouth and we lost your (laughs) your thing. Um, Oh, dear. So just start over what you just said. I'll I'll fix it later. Now I can't remember. Uh, (laughs) I said you can't let them take advantage of you. Oh, and I said that... um, I don't remember. You're going to cut that out, right? (laughs) Please. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I'm sorry I went on and on like that and answered your question. No, I love listening to you. Do you really? I'm so sorry. Yes. I don't know. Have I tricked you into liking this podcast? What happened? I don't think so. You're just great. Oh, stop it. I'm (laughs) it. I'm going to have to go downstairs and live with people who don't think I'm great in a couple of minutes. And then what am I going to do? They're like so used to me. I love listening to about your bantering back and forth with your family. It sounds like mine. We're always picking at each other and teasing and going on. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think when you're around people all the time, no matter what the situation, you know, you don't. You don't see the whole thing. I, I started to, <laughs> I started to share something with Arden and Kelly yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about this thing, this subject, right? They're talking about, God, what were we talking about? Um, we were talking about just, oh, oh, how our brains work, right? So about, <laughs> yes. in, like, some people have inner monologues and some people don't. Yes. And And so we're talking about it. And I don't have an inner monologue. Like, I don't have a disembodied voice that isn't my voice that's, you know, that's that's directing me. And, and I'm saying this wrong. Um, but Arden does. Like, Arden said when she reads, the voice in her head says the words to her. It's, it's, how, it's how she describes reading, right? Yes. And she's like, what happens when you read? And I'm like, I don't know. I just know the words. She's like, you're not hearing them in your head? And I was like... No, I don't think so. Like, or maybe who knows? Like, maybe her description and my description are exactly the same. And because I'm like, I'm looking like here, I'm looking at a different computer screen right now. Somebody's talking about blood sugars, and it says here the algorithm has specific things it learns from. It won't learn from what. But now, if I go back and look at it again and read it in my head, I don't hear the words in my head, <laughs> right? But Arden does. And interesting. Yeah. And so we're talking about that. And then we started talking about how we understand things. And she said that uh, she has trouble watching television with 
closed captioning on because she hears the actor's voice and then the voice in her head says the words when she reads them. And I was like, oh, I could see how that would be confusing. And and then I joked with her and I was like, hey, what else do the voices in your head say? And she goes, they're not voices in my head. It's how I hear things when I read. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. Um, That's too funny. Yeah, yeah. And then, I, and then she started talking about how she didn't enjoy taking the SATs because her brain doesn't work that way. And I would not be good at standardized testing either. But my son, my son and my wife would be. Anyway, this is a long way of saying. Then I said, hey, I'm doing this thing. So I can't tell you what this is exactly, but I'm doing a business thing, right? And I'm working and I'm working with some people. And it turned out really well. But I'm kind of the one that that told them how to do it. Like they had pages of notes and ideas and I got mm-hmm. on a I got on a call with them with nothing written in front of me. I was like, no, no, do it like this. Do this and this and this, put this here, this is what's gonna work. And they're like, that's great. And I just thought, like, I don't know why my brain does that. Like, why did I not need to write it down or go over it or think about it before it happened? And and so people's brains just work differently. Anyway, as I'm telling them that. My wife and my daughter start mocking me. Oh, I'm so good at this. And I'm like, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> and they're just, they love to tease me. It's unpleasant, Amanda. I don't deserve That's that. That's too funny. I was I literally, it. literally trying to like expand a conversation we were having. At the minute I talked about my own perspective for a second, they were like, oh, look who's here. It's the guy with the podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, you guys are assholes. So... I stopped talking. Oh, then they laughed funny. at me, and I stopped talking to them. I was like, "Well, now you've ended our conversation. Congratulations." Um, I'm but, excited. Like, I don't want my kids to grow up, but I'm excited for them to be teenagers like that. And yeah, I, I would I'd like. Uh, tell me more. Why? No, I was just gonna say I like to keep them young and save them. <laughs> I know how you feel. I've been thinking lately about what it's going to be like to drop Arden off at school. And then have oh. to take a long ride home. I figure I'll just like devolve into a pool of tears and you probably will swim in my Sorry. car. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> because like I kept thinking, like, how am I gonna leave her there? Like my son was two and a half hours away by car. And I could like I could get up in the morning and think and on a Saturday and say, like, I'm gonna go see his baseball game today. I could just I, I could do it. You know what I mean? Get my work done during the week and go do it. I could do that. Um, but Arden's going to be at best by car 13 hours away. Oh, she is. Yeah. So that means I'm going to have to leave her there. And I'm pretty sure I can't do that. So I have to, I don't know how to explain to her that when I leave, I'm going to stuff her back in the car again. and She's going to have to come back home. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be the same way. Yeah. But at the same time, I take your point, right? Like I want them to get older. And I want, it's not like we're going to stop it, right? And, yeah. and I want them to have experiences and be happy and sad and do all the things that happen. Um, the thing that bothers me the most, Amanda, about them getting older, mm-hmm. it's the medical stuff. Yeah. I, 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 was, I, was, I was looking at Arden last night before bed, and I thought, oh, I let her down. Like, I really did. Like, I thought I, I failed. Like, I didn't. I didn't figure out everything that that ails her before she left. Aww. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, God, is that how I've seen, like, the last 18 years of her life? As just trying to get her to a place before she left. 
you know what I mean? Like to a level yeah. or something like that. Um, but I know I didn't do it. Like I tried. And like you said earlier, like I, everything, I tried everything I could think of. And, um, we got her pretty far in a lot of places. Her diabetes is definitely not a, not a big concern. Um, no. her thyroid stuff is not a big concern, but there's other things that we just didn't come up with answers about. And I hate to say that listening to you earlier about like, you know, stuff like joint pain, even you're like, it just kind of went away after a while. Like I, I yeah. reached a certain. Does Arden age. have joint pain though? Did you say that one time? She does sometimes. Yeah. She gets yeah. um like her kneel hurt or her hip. Uh, it seems to fluctuate around her hormones, but mm-hmm. can't really tell, you know, um, stiff necks, like she cracks her neck a lot. She'll get headaches once in a while. Um, you know, just like I'll see her rubbing her hands like things like yeah. that. And we've had her tested for just everything, you know, to the yeah. point, to the point where I feel bad even taking her to a doctor sometimes to get out like, you know, like, cause they're going to want a blood test. And then she's like, this isn't going to do anything. And she's ends up being right most of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's just like how I am. Yeah. Well, I say to my husband sometimes, does your feet hurt like this? Or does your back hurt like this all the time? Like, is this just what it is to be normal? But I don't feel like it is. And that's one of the reasons why I don't think, like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have RA, but apparently that's what they say I do. But it just bounces around and just things ache. Yeah, I, I, I wish I knew. I don't know how to say, like, my back, my my lower back is hurt forever. Like I I don't it's just my whole yeah, life. Yeah, mine's like, like that. And and recently I had to take a steroid pack for something. And I took it and for ten days on this steroid pack, my back loses a goose. Really? It, it was amazing. Yeah. And little things like my digestion works off mm-hmm. and on well. And for ten days, perfect. My back didn't hurt. I was eating and using the bathroom the way I imagine a person, ex, you know, ex, you know, exists. I was so, it, it had gone on long enough that I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! It's a real turn." And I stopped taking that steroid pack, and immediately my back yeah. started hurting again. You know, and I was like, "Okay, my back's gonna hurt." I guess that's just what happens to me. Do I have some inflammation? And that, you know, maybe like. That makes sense, you know. Like I, you have no idea. I do not. Oh, eat I hear you talk food. about it, and you don't need a lot. Yeah, and and I've had a stomach since I was like, I don't know, thirteen. But it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, calorically, it doesn't make hmm. any sense at all. So I have no idea. I assume I'll just, you know, <laughs> fall over one day, and somebody else will take my place on the planet, and hopefully their back won't hurt, yeah. and we'll keep going. You know? I think you'll be around for a while. <laughs> I, yes, you, you have think to so. Be. I don't know. You know what I did the other day? This will bum me out. I contacted. Hold on a second. My mommy is trying to call me. Give me okay. a second. Mom, let me call you back in a few minutes. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> her doctor is not doing a good job of managing her blood pressure. Well, is she doing better? She is. Like My mom uh, had her cancer removed. Um, yes. Went all through chemotherapy. She got uh, remission. 
um, Good. designation. And now we are getting ready to uh, move her to where she wants to go live. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, unless her heart explodes because her blood pressure is really high. So I'm trying, oh. I'm trying to get people to stop that from happening. Um, oh my gosh, uh, what was I gonna say? Shoot, right before she called, what was I gonna say? I forget. Amanda, you are no help with this. Every, I know. Every, I I forget a lot. You forget what you said too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, oh, what you were gonna do? You were doing something, weren't you? What I was going to do for me. Oh, yes. Thank you. Good job. Well done, Amanda. Yay. I contacted the company that hosts this podcast the other day, and I mm -hmm. said, I have a slightly morbid question. I'm sorry. Um, and there's no reason I'm asking this, so please don't worry. It's not like a health thing. I am just found myself wondering. Um, I said, I have a podcast uh, that helps people with their health. And what happens if I die? How do I keep it online? <laughs> right? So I'm gonna put Aww. this, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna put this in here, Amanda, so everyone knows. Okay. You contact the company that hosts my podcast for me. It's called Libsyn. And you tell them, hey, the host of my podcast that I love dropped dead. <laughs> and he said <laughs> you would continue to host it for free after his passing. So somebody has to remember to do that when I die. Okay, but I don't like talking about this kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> Amanda, talking about dying doesn't make people die. Don't worry about it. You're fine. <laughs> if if the way people spoke about things made it so, you'd be living on an iceberg and your son would be riding a beaver to school because that's True. where that's what I think <laughs> happens to you. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Um, anyway, I thought that was really nice. Yeah. That's yeah. They're like, we'll just host it. We'll host it for as long as we're in business for free. Wow. And then the guy's like, don't die. And I was like, all right, well, thank you. Yes, don't die. So, um, but anyway, I thought that was good. And I don't know when this, like, when this thing stops being helpful to people. Like, I'm sure at some point in the future, technology or insulin will shift. And a lot of what we talked about here won't be as, I don't know, it, valuable probably. But for now. I don't know, Scott. I think it always will be. Because it's the truth. You like you've lived it. It's nobody gets taught this way of how to really live with diabetes. Well, I hope so. I mean, we've put a lot of time into it by now. Hopefully it's not just it's not throwaway, you know. No, it's good. I started uh I was trying to find the episode that I one of the first ones I listened to this morning, but I went and I was listening to the fear of insulin mm -hmm. one like that was one of the early ones but then it reminded me how much I really liked that episode and just and how much it like reminded me to yeah don't be afraid to use insulin so now I'm going to go back through because I listened to a lot of the same ones over and over um but I'm going to go back to those early ones and that one and what was the other one Right after I just started. Oh, uh, there's the ones on the quick start list, maybe? The roller coaster. Yeah. The stop the roller coaster or something like that. Right. And just whenever I think I made a comment one time about like listening to them, it feels like you're like speaking to me. Like I'm always saying, like, how did he know that? How did he know to post that episode? I you know, I have to tell you that although I think you just I have to tell you that um 
I get that comment so much from people. Do you? That, yeah, yeah. How did they like? How did he put up an episode today that was so specific to what I'm going through? And I think really it's just an indication that you're all going through similar things. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I know how it feels. Like it does feel like like because it happens to me every day. You you always hear me say somebody asks a question. I go, oh, we were just talking about this the other day. Yeah. You know, and it's not like um. It's not like uh, I'm not making it up, but it's just it's the world you live in. You mm-hmm. know, I can't wait to for Arden to go away to college and to find out what I'm going to learn next because of our situation changing. Because we're clearly going to, you know, we're clearly not going to stop talking. Um, well, no. Yeah. And she's going to have to get to a situation, you know, where she can t- say to me, like, look, I'm good. And I don't think she feels that way yet. Yeah. Um, I listen. Can I be honest? I don't feel that way yet. I'm no. pretty good at diabetes, and there's still days where I'm like, "What is, like, why is this happening?" <laughs> she <laughs> you, needs you, know? you. She no. she needs you. And I actually, somebody said to me, like, "Oh, it won't always be like this. You won't be stressed out. Like he's gonna be looking after it. Like he'll know what to do someday." And I was thinking, like, so all the stress and everything, I'm just gonna hand over to him. And now this is going to be like his problem to deal with. Like it's always going to be the ups and down, downs and dealing with um, yeah, the rise and falls. Like I'm not happy about handing that over. I'm always going to be there to help him and I'll always educate myself as long as he wants me to. Right? I feel the same way. I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to feel like, that I'm shouldering all this and one day I'm just going to look at her and go, hey, guess what happened? You turned 25 years old. Here's all the crap I've been worrying about for the last 25 years. Good yeah. luck. You, you know, like I, You're I don't, retiring. <laughs> yeah. Although I do think there will be an age that I hit where like I watch my mom and she just doesn't have the bandwidth to like to talk about all. Like, you know, when you're 40 and 30 and, you know, you're – cousin does something weird and you talk to your sister about it and you know about your sister's problem with her husband and you know about your brother's problem with his boss. Like it's all in your head like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You do get to an age where you just are like, I can't, I can't worry about all this. And I don't think it's a conscious decision. I think it just happens because there are things that my mom used to be interested in and concerned with that she just does not talk about anymore. Oh no. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, so that's the good news, Amanda, maybe at the end, (laughs) When you have to lean on something with wheels to get to the bathroom, you won't have to worry about diabetes anymore. That might be soon with me, though. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I hope not. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really appreciate you doing this with me. Thank you so much. It's awesome. I'm so, it's, it's so exciting. Good. You had a good time? Yes, absolutely. Oh, Can we oh, talk so once glad. a week now? No, we can't. I mean, I'm very busy. Oh, so. darn it. <laughs> Do you know I have to answer an email right now from our person? who wants me to call their friend on their birthday and wish them a happy birthday. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I can't do that, Amanda. That's a thing. Like I actually, at one point she's like, can you record a video message for my friend? And I was like, no, a no, I can't do message. that. Well, that, that I get more than you think. Like I think the, um, the world of uh cameo must give, give people that idea. And I'm like, I don't have like, I'm working and I have a life and everything. I can't stop and make videos for people. Um, and, and I said, I, I really can't do that. I said, I said, look, why don't you just tell me, figure out a way I can talk to her for two minutes on the phone on her birthday. 
and I'll say, and then she sends me the date and it's literally in the middle of Arden's move into college. So I obviously can't. Can you imagine if I walked out of Arden's dorm room and like, hey, I'll be right back. I have to say hello to somebody for their birthday. My, But they wouldn't even let me back in the room if I Probably did that. Probably not. Yeah. So uh, now I have to send this email and say, I'm very sorry. I, I can't do this. So I feel bad. But um, it is not the only it is not the only call I get like that. So <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, it was great to talk to you. Thank you so much. You too. Yep. Hold on a second. Sure. Well, I'm embarrassed to say I did end up making that phone call and saying happy birthday to somebody. I just felt so bad I couldn't not do it. Anyway, let's thank Amanda for coming on the show and sharing such a terrific and open story with us. And of course, we're going to thank Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and G7 continuous glucose monitors. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get over there. Get started. Let's do it. Speaking of doing it, you can get really comfortable luxury sheets for your bed at CozyEarth.com and then do whatever you wanted on them. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 35% on those sheets, the joggers, and so much more. Cozy Earth. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting the sponsors. I couldn't do this without you. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox podcast. Keep listening, sharing, and of course, please subscribe in your favorite audio app. If you're not subscribed, but you're listening, subscribe. Just hit follow like in the Apple podcast app or I don't know, Spotify, wherever you get audio.